Hello and welcome to Metastation for a very special Belark slash Belark, if you're wrong, podcast uh, roundtable. I'm Erin. I'm a professor in Mississippi. Um, Claire isn't with us for this one. She's going to be doing the cabbie edition of this special ship flailing, screaming about our love for our characters roundtable in about a week, I think. So it's just it's just Erin here uh, with some special friends so that Erin isn't just talking to herself. Special friends, would you like to introduce yourselves? <laughs> Hi, I'm Crystal. I'm a freelancer who has covered The 100, and I am very excited for this podcast. Woo! <laughs> I'm Josh. I was on for 411 last season, I think. Something like uh, that. I write fanfic. Mostly Bellar. <laughs> Mostly Bellar, like 95%. <laughs> One of your regrets on Tumblr. <laughs> yes, that is my Tumblr life. I'm Brit. I'm um, kind of just a lurker almost in a way. I guess I've written fanfic in the past, but have not done so much recently. Um, I'm Shasha's fiance, and I've also I've been here since post-season one. Yeah, you've been in the fandom for like longer than any of us. <laughs> yeah. so She's like the vet. I've been around for a while, and I've seen a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I'm Elizabeth. Um, I'm Hawthorne Whisperer on Tumblr, and leave me a roan on Twitter, which actually Shosh gets credit for my Twitter name. So there you go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they're all here because I love them, and they have smart things to say about Bellark, and that's the whole reason. So um, we thought we would get started uh, as feels like right for a special Bellark round table shipping podcast by talking about hugs and uh crystal i'll have you start since uh since this was your thing that you definitely wanted to to cover you wanted to talk about the relative intensity of <laughs> the most recent hug Belark hug versus previous Belark hugs would you like to elaborate on that um okay so i please don't throw um vegetables at me but <laughs> the first time <laughs> The first time I saw this hug in 504, I was I was a little bit like, this is very muted. Next, because I just finished watching them in Prime Fire, and all mm. the hugs up until there had become like all the fourth season hugs had were almost like romantic. Where like if they pull away, they should kiss. Like that's the intensity that they were at. But then this one was it was like this level of disbelief. They were both in a fog and it was, it worked so well for the actual um, situation. But I remember feeling like, why aren't they like, you know, why is it more romantic feeling, I guess? Mm. But it was like, if it, for me in repeated viewings, it transcends the romance aspect for a couple of reasons. I think because all the past hugs, they were like, their ass was on the line. They were <laughs> on the wire. Like, like their relationship was forged in intensity. And so by the time they part ways in Prime Fire, they are at their most intense, their most like, I don't know, like romantic with, for lack of a better word. And now it's been six years. There's so much, there is a lot of space between them and the hug reflects like, wow, you are a part of me and I'm not quite sure to eat how to even deal with this. Cause I don't know. Um, I didn't know you were even alive first of all. And so it's just a lot of like trying to get used to like just staring at each other and like, and, and one of the things I noticed about 
um, Bellamy is he doesn't he closes his eyes for a second, but in the other hugs he had his eyes closed, just savoring them like for the whole time. But this one he's hugging her, he closes his eyes and he opens them again, and I just feel like his mind is turning and spinning and he's thinking. There is a lot of thinking in this hug. Yeah, you know that actually makes me think of the hug in two hundred five. Because that's probably the one that's closest to this, even though it was also very different, mm-hmm. right? Because they're like, you know, Clark literally like runs across camp to see him and like he doesn't even see her coming, right? She just kind of like knocks into him yeah. and it takes him a while to like kind of like put the pieces together that she's alive and she's there. I like how long it takes Bellamy to get prepared for people to hug him. Like, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I think he finally is by like season five, but like when Jasper hugs him at the end of season one, he's like, why are you squeezing me with your body? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, and then like when Clark hugs him, he's like unprepared for it on any level. And (laughs) that keeps on going. Like he gets more warning for the other hugs. So he's like, Oh, right. This is happening again. But I feel like there was probably, I want to believe there was a lot of hugging in space. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they move like a dance. Like they move together in this really like and I feel like that was the the director like I think the director must have given them that direction because literally the them coming together at the dinner table or whatever that was like a dance. Like they yeah. Yeah. Dance, they do everything together. So yeah, there was lots of hugging. Yeah. Cuddles <laughs> in space. Space cuddles. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think you're, I think, you know, you make a good point, Crystal, about the sort of, it's I, it's, not, it's almost interesting because it's like, in some ways, it, you know, the scene in, in 504 was really incredibly intense, but it was almost more, it was like a different kind of energy to it. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think there's more of a kind of like disbelief, but also tenderness, you know, there's like a little bit more of a kind of, like, they're very like, it's not as intense almost because, you know, I think. When Bellamy kind of lifts her up off the bench and when they sort of hold each other, there's a sort of sense of, of like, not entirely, not being sure if the other person is totally real. So you're like, you hug for a second and you have to pull back and be like, I got to look at your face again to make sure that I'm not like hugging someone else who isn't actually (laughs) you. Um, But then I think also there's like very much of a sort of sense of like, you know, uh, of like, are you real? And also, I don't want to break you. I think especially on yeah. Bellamy's part, you know, there's a kind of, of of sense of, like, he's aware that she's injured and, and he's kind of worried about that. Um, and I, you know, I so there's a, I don't know. I mean, I, I it's, it's funny because I think it's hard to say, actually. I'm not, I'm not sure how much it's, it is that the hug is less romantic is that the situation is less romantic. You know, it's, like, less about, like, we might never see each other again, which is what it was before. And this is a little bit more like, here you are again, and I don't quite know exactly how to, I don't know what to do with the intense emotions that I'm feeling that are probably joy, but I'm too overwhelmed to actually know what I'm feeling at all right now. Um, But I will say that one shot down the corridor, you know, when, when the second hug, when Clark pulls away and she's like, why are they letting me go? And we get that they're the you know we get the one shot where the camera's way down the corridor, far away from them. They're sort of framed by the doorway, and um, you know, and and they sort of still kind of have their arms a little bit around each other. And Clark looks away, and Bellamy keeps looking at her, at her for a second. And like 
<laughs> when I saw that in gift sets, I was like, that is some fucking romantic like yeah. framing. Yeah. Like from I the- also want to point out that the um like above the doorway it says holding cell, which <laughs> I <made me> laugh. <laughs> Even if it's supposed to be for prisoners. Yes. Um, it could be for multiple kinds of holding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the cuddle room for Elite. <laughs> the cuddle room. I really want to believe, like, what if there was still, on the ring, there was, like, a room called the holding cell, and Bellamy was, like, put, like, a bunch of pillows in there, and he was, like, this is the holding cell. And, like, that's where that's where he would sentence Murphy to when he got really, like, like bad, like, grumpy. Go to the holding cell. I'll be there in 20 minutes. 15-minute corporal hug. <laughs> You were talking about the um, hallway shot before I derailed it. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I think, okay, so here's a kind of more meta question for you guys, since this is Meta Station. Um, So there's always kind of a a tension with this ship. And I think really with any any ship that's similar to Billark in in that it's a ship that is non-canon, has never been canon, um, but that is where the, the, the relationship between the two characters is, like, central to the show, and everybody involved in the show is, like, very, very aware that this is a major ship, right? So there's always kind of a tension in those cases between what is textually happening in the story versus how it's being framed or presented by the, like, writing and directing and blocking and acting versus how the fandom sort of interprets it. And I think that that sort of shot down the hallway is one of those kind of one of those key moments where it's like the situation is definitely not romantic, you know, and in a lot of ways, like you were pointing out, Crystal, in a lot of ways, this is a very, this is like a less romantic hug. This is certainly a less romantic interaction between them than, you know, the hand nuzzling in (laughs) um, 403, I think that was. Uh, mm-hmm. with the list you know that was a much more intensely kind of romantic moment yeah. where it really was about the two of them having this really sort of close intimate moment of connection and and of sort of of without speaking it you know like recognizing how much they mean to each other and this was a much more of a like oh my god holy fuck holy fuck you're alive kind of moment <laughs> so on the one hand you have this kind of like textually in terms of the story this is an entirely it's, it's like, it's not a romantic moment, right? Like, this is not a moment where they're about to, like, make out or whatever. You know, like, this is, this is, mm-hmm. I don't know if platonic is quite the right word, but because no. it's something. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not romantic. It's like, it's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, so on the one hand, you have that sort of, like, that textual effect. And then, of course, we know that, you know, that Bellamy has a girlfriend right now. So, like, there's that sort of lurking in the background in terms of, like, what's happening in the plot. But on the other hand, you have something like the choice to place the camera in that hallway and frame the shot in that way. You know what I mean? That is like much more, you know, like if, if that were, I don't know, like they would never frame a Bellamy Miller hug that way. You know what I mean? Like there's just like, that is a kind of a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying they shouldn't, um, (laughs) but they won't. Um, But then there's also, like, the pan down, like, Clark's, like, not quite bare back, but it's definitely, like... Yeah, exactly. ...focused on bare skin. Yeah. In a way that we haven't seen with them before. Yes. Yeah. Well, and anytime that, like, Bellark ever, like, hugs or has some kind of physical contact, there's always a focus on, like, 
face and hands. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really, like, a focus of the yeah, camera. Like, what Bellamy's hands are doing during the hug is always a big part of the hug. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, like clenching of hands, and it's just, like, it, it's almost... Let me I just know. hold on to your brain a little. <laughs> I know, Erin, I know you don't like the Pride and Prejudice, like, 2005 <laughs> thing or whatever, but that hand clench thing, like, that's, that's like, a thing that people, like, it's, always talk about. And what? that and that's what I think of any time they focus on Bellamy's hands during those times. That's so much That is an effective what, romantic uh, shot. I'm not arguing with the effectiveness of that as a romantic shot, but my rant about how much I hate. 2005 Pride and Prejudice as an interpretation of Jane Austen is for another podcast. Um, <laughs> Maybe sometime, Erin, you and I will just yell as a historian. I love it. I don't even love it as a historian, but we'll just... Uh... <laughs> anyway, that's another thing. Um, <laughs> that's actually... I bet you that'll get me yelled at because so many people love that Pride and Prejudice. I'm going to get a million people like, oh my God, how do you love it? And I'll be like... Let me talk to you about the... Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> Sorry, bring it up. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. No, but you're right. And then and then even in um, in Prime Fire, the first hug that they have after the radio goes dead, you know, when Clark wraps her arms around Bellamy and the camera pans down mm-hmm. in on her joining her hands around his waist, um, <laughs> you know, there is a lot of, like, the camera does a lot of lingering on them when they're hugging. Um, and so, so I think this is one of those things where I think there is a, there's like, you know, it's like when you're shipping something that's non-canon, there's that you always get that sort of like some other people that ship it or they claim like they don't see it or whatever, or they're not together. And it's sort of, these are what, these are all those sort of moments where it's like the people who are, you know, we're not responding to nothing, you know, like there are signals that are happening. Right after the hug, you also get Gioza being, like, the hostage keeper and his girlfriend. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. This romantic scene, it's like, yeah, we saw this. You guys, like, you guys are clearly a couple. <laughs> we got this. Well, and then, of course, also there is the, you know, 283 pe- lives for one. Well, <laughs> she right. She be pretty important. She is. Um, <laughs> that was terrible, Bellamy. No, but I agree with, I agree with you, Erin, about, like, it, it almost feels like some people are like, oh, yeah, no, I don't see it at all. Like, you're, like, delusional or something, but... It's a crack ship. <laughs> which is totally the wrong definition of crack ship. Yeah. Uh, also for another but, podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, I remember... So, I watched season two live, and before Lexa ever kissed Clark, I... Oops, Alexa just. <laughs> 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 Alexa's like, what? Did you say? Did you need me? <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, before she ever kissed Clark, I remember seeing gift sets comparing um, scenes with Alexa and scenes with Bellamy. Like, I think there was one of them looking at Clark over like a like a fire pit oh, yeah. or something. I remember that was the scene with Lexa where I was like, oh, they're gonna, that's gonna be like a thing. Exactly. Because <laughs> it matched the one with Bellamy. Exactly. And it was, and I remember seeing comparisons between the two of them. And I was, that's how I knew that they were gonna go there with Lexa. Yeah. And so like, then to like people be like, oh, there's absolutely nothing between Clark and Bellamy. I was like, <laughs> um, wait a second. Because the exact same beats as she did with Lexa. Like, come to my Tumblr and look at the receipts. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Do that. <laughs> please don't. Please don't. Oh God. <laughs> Any more Tumblrs. Please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. 
is one of those, you know, there there is actually a kind of like something of a disconnect um, between what is textually happening in the plot and, you know, a lot of what the kind of like the writers and showrunners and actors will sort of say about like, or avoid saying or whatever about the ship. And then what the camera very often is doing um, with their scenes together. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it causes, obviously we've sort of talked about, like, it causes some tension in terms of, you know, in terms of just ship wars, like what different people want to see in the show. But I don't know, what do you guys think in terms of like, you know, we're all, we all ship Bellaric and we all hope that it becomes canon one day and we all know that it's not guaranteed, but like, but there's, but, and yet that shot down the hallway, you know, the sort of sensuous pan over the hands. Like, what do you, how do you guys sort of parse those kind of I mean, mixed signals? For me, and this could get us completely shot down as soon as this podcast goes up, but <laughs> <laughs> I think, so with, to jump ahead just a little to Dioza's, like the hostage taker and his girlfriend, Right. I think the fact that so the fandom, right, the Ballard fandom, like jumped on that right away. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we did not, as of as far as I know, we have not been corrected by the powers that be. No, yeah. certainly not by Jason. Right. And I Jason, feel like Jason is quick to correct. something. Yeah. 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 I feel like they, they tend to jump on you know, kind of those like completely wrong fandom readings of things. Mm-hmm. And we have not been corrected on that yet. So I feel like that does indicate that, you know, like we're supposed to see Dioza seeing them as romantic. Yeah. Well, Jaha's dead. Roan's dead. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, right? All of their, all of their like shippers have gone to heaven to ship them together. <laughs> the great <laughs> Can we just stop for a second and close our eyes and imagine Jaha and Roan hanging out together in the afterlife? I was just thinking that. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I want to know how those two men would interact because I feel like it would be amazing. I, I think it would be amazing. Like, I now I really wish that they had actually gotten to interact on the and, show. Yeah, because they were both so like for my people. Yeah. But- but but um, Jaha was like that was like coursing through his veins, whereas Rowan was like, yeah, for my people, but I have reservations because they kind of mistreated me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I'm obligated, my but... for like the next half hour, you've got me. <laughs> After that, we'll talk. <laughs> I feel like Rowan would be sort of fascinated by Jaha. Like, I feel like... Yeah. And they would have, like, a, a really interesting... Yeah, he would, like, follow Jaha around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where, that, where at the party and Gina's surrounded by all those psychiatrists yeah. who just... <laughs> That's wrong <with> Jaha. <laughs> totally. <laughs> He's just like, you're the most fascinating son of a bitch I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write a thesis on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's always tough. And I think this is one of those like tricky things about whenever you get people asking, like, do you think that Valeric's going to be canon this season or what, do you think they're going to be canon ever or whatever? I'm always just sort of like, I don't know, man, like there's tons of evidence to say yes. 
Yeah. But on the other hand, they could be fucking with us. Like, it's just, like, I, could, I think. Yeah, go ahead. I think for me, I want it a lot, but I also keep trying to tell myself that I think the writers want to keep them, to keep their options open. Yeah. And, and I feel like I don't want to get to the, like, one of the things I've noticed about in fandoms, and this is fandoms across the board, is this kind of transactional feeling we feel with the writers because yeah. all in this together, this is all our story, but no, truthfully, this is their story. We're not yep. playing an RPG. This is not a choose your own adventure story. Yep. We are not partnering with them. They are, this is their story and we just love it a lot. So I'm try every time I get like, so like amped up, like park, I need it. I try to just like put <laughs> myself back down. It's like, whatever they choose to do, I'm going to have to flow with it. And if I, when, when I no longer flow with it, that's when I stop watching. Yeah. But I just, I don't see myself whether they get them together or not, there's too much other stuff going on in this show that I want to like continue to follow. So I wouldn't just stop watching because of that. Yeah. But one of the things I love is that one of the things I feel like kind of hopeful for is that like y'all said earlier, they've changed the way they promoted the, this pairing when they were doing the promo. So before they would kind of show you all their cards, because why not? Like, it's something that the fans like, so let's put it in the trailer. The fact that they hid all this makes me feel like something's changing. And I, I'm trying not to get too excited, but, I mean, it just does feel like something's changing. Right, and, like, with, for me, like, I definitely noticed what you were talking about, Crystal, with, like, fandoms kind of across the board and their expectations for writers. It's like, I try to remember, like, the writers don't actually owe us anything. Yeah, no. Aside from a good story and treating fans with, you know, respect. respect. And dignity. Yeah. 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 We don't necessarily deserve dignity. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe kindness. There you go. There yeah, there we go. Yeah, kindness. I think, yeah, it's like, like, that's all they owe us, you know? They don't actually owe us our ship being canon. Mm -hmm. That being said... I would really like our ship to be canon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like more of, I'm probably Shosh too. Like I'm more of an old school kind of fan where like, I think I'm maybe 50, 50 on like my ships being like ending up canon. Like I was a Harry Hermione shipper. So like that can tell you about how like tough Harry Potter was. Probably. I was going to say, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm <laughs> My dad is still outraged about that. You guys need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're together. He was real angry. Um, But like, I'm also, like, I ship OT3s, which almost never happen in canon. Like, mm -hmm. leverage, what up? But yeah, leverage, other, other than out. that, like, um, I think I'm more of, like, if it never becomes canon, I guess I have fic and I have, you know, fan yeah. arts and stuff and that kind yeah. of stuff. So, like, at least still be, until I'm out of the fandom, which happens because you come in and out of fandoms. Well, I mean, I assume people usually, but that's what I have yeah. over the course of my entire life, pretty much. But, like... I, again, I think I'm a little bit more old school fan where I want that fourth wall there. Um, mm -hmm. And it's almost scary to me when I see writers interacting with fans to the point of, ugh, like, season three. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not we don't me. talk about the dark year, Brit. <laughs> <laughs> where, like, I mean... <laughs> I feel like we get something this season that's like Bellark related. Shosh and I have to turn to each other and be like, okay, wait, wait, 
are they doing this to us like uh, yeah, I get what so season three happened kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, we're like, okay, yeah. is this baiting us? Is this playing mind games? I can like go for hours, <laughs> like arguing myself about what the symbolism of this is, and I'm like, Shosh, take a deep breath. It's not that deep. You are thinking about this more than they did. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. And so again, I feel like I think what Crystal would say is that like I I when we both kind of Shosh and I turn to each other that we're like, okay, we need to take a step back <laughs> and remember we ship this no matter what, even yep. if it's not canon kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing, right? I think we're all in kind of the same place where it's like, would we love to watch them kiss? Sure, obviously. But, like, the I thing... I think crime to not see them kiss? Yeah. yeah. Like that's <laughs> exactly. A little bit. A little bit. But, like, but the thing that, you know, that, that, like, makes us ship it and love this pairing is the kind of, like, intimacy and trust and you know and the relationship that they've had all along and if that stays the way it has been and never becomes romantic then I'm happy you know and like there is a kind of there's a sort of trade-off you know the other because the other side of like a ship never becoming canon is that if it doesn't become canon they can't screw it up (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Which, yeah, my other big ship is for the Hunger Games and it's Gale and Madge and they have like one scene together (laughs) <laughs> in three weeks and then Madge dies and so like canon you know like fanfic is great because canon didn't do anything with them yeah I mean like one of my other OTPs is James and Lily from Harry Potter which is also great because there's like basically no canon so you can be whatever you want you know I mean other than the fact that obviously they die yeah. which is the bummer but <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's what modern AUs are for I was gonna say that's what alternate universes are for but um <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, it is, there's there's a lot of sort of trade-offs. And I think, you know, Crystal and Bray and Elizabeth, you all make a really good point that, like, the thing is, it's not your story to tell. Your story to tell is the fic that you write or you're that, yeah. you know, or that you imagine in your head or whatever. Um, what goes on screen is, is kind of whatever it's going to be. Um and there's a kind of like that's like the zen of shipping, right? Is sort of like whatever, mm-hmm. whatever will be, will be, and I yep. will, I will love the thing that I love, and if I have to love it in fic only, that's fine. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. We talked a bunch about the hug in five hundred four. Do we want to talk about all the extra ness in five hundred three? Because mm-hmm. that was the one yeah. where we were all just like screaming. I mean, partly because. We they told us in advance that there was going to be a hug in five oh four, so I think I would have been more like, ah, hugging. Um Well and we were like talking the whole all through five oh three. It was like, okay, so the episode is you know, it was like, okay, here's when we were pretty sure that he was gonna find out she was alive in five oh three, but none of us, not including Crystal, who was not in this conversation, sorry, Crystal. <laughs> but we you know, we were in a group chat talking and we were like, Okay, so he's gonna find out she's alive and we're like, Okay, he, brainstorming ways he could do it and we did come up with okay Maddie they're gonna come down Maddie's gonna find them but we didn't think we were sure that he wasn't gonna actually see her until 504 so when he actually rolls up with Maddie and his fucking best dad in the universe mug <laughs> like we were dying <laughs> yeah well yeah I definitely expected like you know, Maddie telling them, you know, like Clark knew you would come. And then Bellamy saying Clark's alive. Like I assumed that would be the end of the episode. Yeah. And so I was so excited that there was still like, I don't know, like six minutes more to go. 
So I didn't even expect Maddie to like see like interact with Bellamy. Like I was at the point where I was just like, he'll probably hear over the radio and that'll be it. Once the episode, I didn't think it was going to happen until the episode started. Once the episode started, I was like, okay, wait, no, he's going to see Maddie. That's how I think I remember saying that. But yeah, before the episode happened, I thought it was just going to be on the radio. Yeah, I changed my mind during the episode. Crystal, you had screeners, which means that you saw this weeks before we did. Yes. Um, yeah, that had to be really hard to say. How did you survive <laughs> watching that and not being able to get on Twitter and, like, scream your head off? I mean, just from just having having an air of professionalism. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, one of the things about being a fan who's also a reporter, or, you know, a writer, is that you value how important it is to have those surprises. Yeah. So I like I would have wanted to swat somebody who wanted to to ruin that for the fandom because I I couldn't wait. Like you were people I thought of like Bell Arts and all that kind of stuff. I was thinking about y'all and I was like they're gonna be so excited. You know, like it's, yeah. it's just it's a good feeling um, to know. And then like by the time it came up, everybody's like you know doing the live tweet. Everybody's so excited. So it's almost like experiencing it all over again for the first time. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. I'm so glad none of that leaked because yeah, it would have yeah. I would have sucked if that had leaked. You know, Oof. like it was so cool to just be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I mean like it really was just sort of I remember just being in like total shock because that yeah, all all this keyboard smashing. <laughs> yeah, I mean just because like just like Bellamy emerging out of the darkness, you know, silhouetted in light. And, and his like, hair looked perfect. His hair was so perfect. <laughs> you know, it was Did, like Clark on the ground, like squinting. Although, was I the only one who saw, like, the spider webs or something hanging from his jacket? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to rewatch it to see that. How terrible. <laughs> Maybe it was somebody's hair? That's really weird. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> he's stress shedding. Hey, I, I feel that. I feel yeah, that. I do that. <laughs> he has a lot of hair. He probably sheds a lot of hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was just, and, and like, speaking of, you know, sort of over the top scenes, I mean, like, that was one of those moments of just kind of like, like, undeniable, you know, like, the reunion in this show. I mean, like, even, you know, Jason talks about how important Clark and Abby's relationship is, and it really is, but, like, that really that reunion got, like, five seconds, you know? It was, like, so quick, mm-hmm. and there wasn't much buildup. And this one was, like, literally, like, music swelling, you know, like, people emerging from the darkness. It was a two-parter. Yeah. So it was a run-up to this. Like, it was, like, the whole episode was a run-up to this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, the whole episode was, like, built on, like, the tension of, like, oh, my God, when is he going to find out Clark is alive? Oh, my God, when is he going to find out Clark is alive? With, with, like, the dramatic irony of, like, them hearing them chasing Clark, but they think it's Octavia, you know? So, like, this entire episode built around that sort of reunion and discovery um, which is like again one of those things where we all love Bellark. We, you know, and we we watch the show thinking about like when are they going to get back together. But never did I think in my wildest dreams that the show would actually structure an episode around that. You know? Yeah. Well, and of course they sort of did that. It's interesting to contrast this episode with um, the beginning of season three when you did have 
you know, the episode oh, where about, yeah. where about the US, but I do think the framing of this was different because, you know, the climb, you know, you look at the way those two episodes ended 302 ends, not when Bellamy finds Clark, but when Clark gets to Lexa and right. when now in five, three, you end this episode with Bellamy literally saying she is referring yeah. to you know, how important Clark is. Like you talk about, the structure of that shot in the hallway. Yeah. It's a pretty strong romantic thing, but so is you end your episode with that scene and you end the scene at that place. And that's yeah. where you close out. Well, and also I think the end of season two with Clark walking away and there's that whole knocking on heaven's door thing. If they had ended the season there, that would have been so, I think it would have been way more powerful. And then they went to, um, Jahan this, Murphy. Yeah. Jahan Murphy. And it was kind of like, Okay, so a lot of emotion, and now, now you want a plot. Now a little bit of plot, yeah. So like to me, when they ended on "She Is" and it was done, it was like, okay, you ended with the emotion this time, and that one was really good. <laughs> that season two finale, my brother. I used to live with my brother before he moved back to do other stuff. No one cares about my brother's life, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't actually watch the show. But you know, since we live together, I would watch a lot, and he. And he would just, you know, be passing by. He gets angry about the fact that season two did not end with that knocking on heaven's door scene. He's like, <laughs> I cut to something else that was so good. Why would you ruin all of that? And he'd like go <laughs> off on rants about it. And he's like seen five minutes of every episode of the show. But he's like, that was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. And I mean, I think that's like, a, a, you know, that's that's not just a directing choice. That's also a writing choice. You know, that was... That was yeah. kind of like yeah. the structure of the episode is sort of built to end on that climactic moment and that on that sort of climactic statement of Bellamy about Clark. Um, so like the whole framing of that, you know, like the, the <laughs> this is like the thing that I teach my sophomore English majors. It's like it's not just about what happens in the story. It's about how it's presented. You know, it's about where things are placed and what kind of emphasis they're given. And, you know, like that was like a huge amount of emphasis um, put on that moment in that scene. Um, so one like kind of uh, third rail in the, in the Ballard fandom right now, of course, is Bellamy and Echo. Um, and like one sort of interesting thing about that final scene in 503 that, we, when we got the script excerpts um, from 503, the script excerpts from that one, um, in the script they had Bellamy interacting with Echo in the rover before he gets out to get Clark. And when they shot it, she's totally gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was the same thing that I think earlier, the, the other scene that they gave from that episode was one from up on the ship when they were talking about what to do with the people in the cryopods. And there was a similar, there's like a sort of a final little thing where Raven kissed Murphy's cheek and that got cut. But then it was also like a little stage direction about Bellamy and Echo like having a moment and that got cut too. So, so there's like sort of like, there's, and I think Claire and I talked about in our whatever podcast that was, five oh I think it was the 503 podcast. We talked about um, the sort of like the strange position that, they are sort of in with that right now where we got the scene in 501 establishing Bellamy and Echo and kind of ever since then they've shied away from referencing it. Yeah. Um, 
that scene, you would not know that relationship existed. And yeah, from like all of 503, you wouldn't know that relationship existed. You know, like it's just not at all referred to in any, like either, you know, in speech or in, in, in shots. Um, so, well, yeah, even, even when Raven's like, sorry, you know, zero G sex, love birds or whatever, it was only Monty and Harper. I mean, which could maybe be that, like, maybe Bellamy and Echo are like, a secret or something? Or they're kind of vanilla. Let's not, let's not, <laughs> maybe they're just not into that. Don't, non-kink shame. I don't know. Ew, whatever. <laughs> well, like, you know, like, it wasn't, again, a oh, uh, uh, camera choice of just focusing on Harper and Monty and that's it. And, yeah. and even when he's, when he's headed back into um, Gosai, he, um, um, Raven even says you're going the wrong way. It didn't occur to her that maybe he's going to get Echo, who if if the, if they if everybody knew about the relationship, they so, oh he's going to get Echo. It's fine, you know. Like I don't know. I just there's yeah. a love maybe maybe secret. Maybe it's just brand new. You know, maybe they maybe it's not like maybe they keep it secret because it's brand new. It's not supposed to be a thing. Thing I don't know. I it's it is very yeah. interesting. I think, like, so the scene that got cut with, like, Raven and Murphy and Bellamy and Echo, like, to me, that indicates at least when they wrote it, it wasn't supposed to be a secret. Yeah, because they were, like, everybody was around and they were, yeah, that, that's... But, yeah. You could very easily read it that way. And also, like, you know, the Raven and Murphy bit that got cut seemed to imply that Raven and Murphy were going to be a thing. And I'm not getting that sense from anything else. So yeah. it's also possible that they, you know, like they, def- they, I think, changed their mind on Raven and Murphy. And so it's possible that they changed their mind on, you know, how well established Bellamy and Echo are. Yeah. yeah or how or how sort of much um, textual emphasis they wanted to put on that relationship. Um, I, I just, you know, I think because of the sort of. Like, like, here's the weird thing. So, like, structurally in terms of story, I think they've, there is a kind of a love triangle, right? Because Bellamy is with Echo, but, like, the whole, the way that the story is structured is definitely pairing Bellamy and Clark, um, mm-hmm. you know, and very heavily implying that there's, like, important feelings there. So, like, at a sort of, like, weirdly unspoken, but, like, narrative level, there's a triangle, um, but on another level, having established, like having, having basically been like, there's a relationship, they've since kind of like shied away to the point of apparently cutting stuff that was written, any reference to the existence of one part of this, like, ironically, the actual established romantic relationship <laughs> of this triangle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know like Jason has said many times, he doesn't like love triangles, although then there was like a, a an interview recently where he said something like, yeah, I know I say I don't like love triangles, but then I thought about it and I realized some of my favorite love stories like Casablanca and the English patient are love triangles. So it's maybe a little bit too much to say I hate love triangles. So I just like, I don't know. What do you guys make of that weirdness? Yeah. So like I have wanted Bellamy and Echo to be a thing since they were putting cages next to each other in Mount Weather. <laughs> Like, I have 
been waiting for the scene in 501 for three seasons. Um, so I was really excited to get it right. Like, I think, I think it's a really interesting relationship. It's also, as you said, Aaron, like a third rail in the fandom. And as a result, I can't have a non on Tumblr. And I had to lock my Twitter because just saying that was like, it got out of control very, very quickly from people who were really upset to hear that. And so I know you guys talked about this, you and Aaron, Aaron, you and Claire talked about this in the 503 podcast. And like the way I'm feeling is like, I understand why they cut like any sort of reference to Bellamy and Echo in 503, because that episode was clearly structured around Bellamy and Clark, right? Mm -hmm. Like they didn't want to kind of detract from the emotional weight of them, like getting back together, like seeing each other again for the first time in six years. So I understand that, but I'm also sort of feeling like if you're going to do a love triangle, you have to do a love triangle. Yeah. You can't just start a love triangle and then essentially imply that they're going to break up because of his sister instead of (laughs) like the woman he was in love with six years ago. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like maybe that's, when when Jason and, and folks were talking about they don't like tr- love triangles, what they were saying was they don't like the way that love triangles have played out in other media. So they're desperately trying to figure out a way to do it in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think time will tell whether this actually works or not. But um, one of the things I did like about the cuts was they were totally so off. Like I, oh yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, even just reading them, it was like, oh, that like, was a weird. That would be imagining Echo in the back seat during that drive in the road yeah. is yeah. like the height of the wrong kind of comedy. It's yeah. just like yeah. yeah, a smash cut from a sitcom to the most awkward car ride of all time. Yeah, I mean, like so, that's that's the other thing about like there's a, there's an element to it or an extent to which I'm sort of like I feel like we might be misreading why they got cut and they could just be cut because they realized like, well, that's really hella awkward. So <laughs> like that just doesn't fit with the scene. So we're just going to cut it out because it doesn't fit with the but scene. But again, I, like Britt said with the zero G sex thing, I think they could have, I think that what they had in there was hella awkward, but the fact that they didn't even like they, they took a little time to remind us that Monty and Harper were a thing. They that's took true. time to remind us that Murphy and Murphy were a thing. Like you don't, you, I think you could have done something to remind us that Bellamy and Echo were a thing without making it a hella awkward. Well, or I mean, even necess- just like after the fight with Kodiak would have been a completely logical moment for Bellamy and Echo right. to be like, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, like, yeah, yep. yes, whatever. But and then we just you still have your sword in space, Echo. <laughs> <laughs> she forged it. When she was bored. I need someone to answer me about this. Britt needs sword backstory and she needs it now. I really want to believe that she just like made it out of scrap. It's like when you're in a when you're in a role-playing game, you you pick your race and you have like racial attributes. Like if you're an orc, you get pluses and minuses. And if you're as Gata, if you roll as Gata in the hundred, you can just make swords. Like that's your thing. <laughs> that's, that's your benefit. Yeah. Once per once per 
session, you can make a sword. That's how it works. That's why Echo rolled as Gaeta. <laughs> I would like to believe that she just, like, her thighs are so powerful that she can just press metal between them. <laughs> <laughs> to, like, a fine blade. <laughs> so, I haven't seen this but in our rewatches, but did she bring the sword back down to Earth? I yeah, assume so. She does. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Again, how she is that brandishes it at Maddie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she does. She does oh brandish God. it at Maddie. But, like, how is that a smart... You are literally hurtling towards the Earth. Okay, Why is this one of a scabbard? I think it has a scabbard. Oh, God. Okay. Again, um, Steve... Shasha's friend uh, Steve gets mad about like night blood and all that stuff and like okay that's you know legit things to get mad about. Yeah he's a medical professional. I get mad about little tiny things like a sword in space. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The one that I will never get over you know like of of all the things the sort of like scientific slash logistical things I've had to let go in this show the one that I that when I remember to think about it I will (laughs) always get mad again is the fact that people with night blood their skin tone should be different. And yep. when they blush, their skin should turn black, not red, because blushing is when your capillaries open and you can see yep. more blood through your skin. And like, so like Clark's lips should be black and she should be like, have like a grayish tint to her skin. Now I have to write the, the, the fic where Clark is blushing all the time and Bellamy <laughs> thinks she's dying. <laughs> so to get, can to get super gruesome for a second. Um, in the 1918 influenza pandemic, one of the side effects, uh, or one of the like symptoms when you had the flu was called heliotrope cyanosis, which was your blood wasn't getting enough oxygen. So your blood would turn like purplish black and your skin, if you were a white person would turn like blue. Um, and so that was like how people knew they were dying. Um, so that's actually probably she would she might because she's so fair look a little more like bluish purple. Oh wow, no, that would actually be really cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> also, this kind of like um, is our whole hot to- like uh, oh, hot pol- polis was built on top of a hot topic because everybody's kind of like um, the. Well, goth yeah the goth type like clothing and like if they whatever got, like, corset clark was wearing in season three <laughs> like um, i'm assuming Lex's like endless supply of eyeliner yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. black lips like black lipstick then to make them look like they're night blood but they're not really yeah yeah night yeah. Blood i feel like that would be a thing i feel like it would yeah I could, i'm like picturing like a whole hunger Games sort of aesthetic for like in for like the you know the elite of polis wearing like black night Lipstick because it's cool thing to look like you're a nightblood even if you're not. <laughs> Although to be fair, being a nightblood as we've learned from Maddie is not super glamorous as you get taken away from your family as a child and forced into death combat. So like maybe don't do that, but whatever, you know. Fat well, hey, Hunger well, Games I mean, like children are also being forced yeah. to fight to the yeah. death, and people yeah. were still like all about it. Also during the French Revolution. It was like a whole like fad for wearing like red, you know, like ribbon chokers and stuff like that. It was like if like if you had a relative who went to the guillotine, you would wear like a red cravat or red ribbon choker, and people like cut their hair short. And there was like a whole dance. It was called like something like minuet de la guillotine or something, where it was like it was supposed to like mimic, you know, like walking up to the gallow to the to the guillotine and getting your head cut. I mean, like it's. People all get into macabre shit. Guys, I just want to point out that this is a blark, uh, <laughs> and we have now gone to the 1918 flu pandemic and the French Revolution, and I'm really <laughs> proud of all of us. We're intellectual. <laughs> Good job, team. <laughs> I don't even remember how we got here. 
Uh, <laughs> I think we were talking about love triangles initially. Oh, yeah. Okay. And like, and I got off Crystal, I think you were getting to something, but. And then we know, totally about, derailed like, on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you were talking about like, um, you know, they, maybe the writers don't like how love triangles like play out. Yeah. Yeah, it can be very trite. And I, you know, one of the things I do like what it's done inadvertently is made this relationship where, um, because for me as a viewer, I just don't see Echo being like, you know, really, really comfortable with um, PDA. And I just like, I feel like the there still should have been some, like you said, like after the fight with Kodiak, there should have been a like something, some kind of check in between them. But the idea of them not being super physical around other people is actually a pretty cool character thing if they had done it in a way where I'm just like, I don't know, where it's acknowledged in some other way. So yeah. like the, the yeah. nuzzling the nuzzling after they decide that they're not going to kill the people immediately and they might kill them down the line, that's a bad choice. But if, if he would have just like squeezed her shoulder for, or, you know, her hand or something really quickly, you know, and it doesn't change the blocking too much, that could have worked too. So it's like subtlety, not hit us over the head with it. But yeah. Well, and when it comes to love triangles, like, you know, so like season one did have a love triangle, right? It was Clark, um, Finn and Raven. And the reason that like, I liked how that love triangle turned out so much is that it wasn't handled in a misogynistic way where it was women like cat fighting over a guy. Yeah. Like, that's my problem with love triangles, not their existence in and of themselves. And I think if you find a way like that season one, one to like kind of take the tension out of the love triangle without turning it into like a cat fight, like I think that's not only a more interesting narrative choice, but I think that's like, like that's the sort of love triangle I like seeing, I guess. Can I can I just say something? I'm going to get right back on Bellart. One of the things that I did see, because I, I joined, I started watching right before season three. So I saw stills of um, Lexa and, and, um, and Clark together, and I thought it was Raven. I thought that the end of that love triangle was them, like, deciding, screw him, we're going to be together. God, if only. If yeah. only, man. That's what we all wanted. <laughs> I spent, like, the first four, three, two or three episodes of the first season thinking that Lexa was like, I knew Lexa existed, but I didn't know when she was coming in. And I was for some reason convinced that Octavia and Lexa were somehow the same person and that Lexa was a nickname for Octavia. And I thought, <laughs> they were gonna get together. I don't know where I got that idea exactly, but like I went on IMDb to try to verify this true and accidentally spoiled myself for Wells's death. Oh, no. so, <laughs> it was like deeply sad. <laughs> I mean, I think like the funny thing to me is I, I actually like, I think they've done a pretty good job of setting up lots of, lots of uh, like setting the groundwork for a very logical sort of breakup of Bellamy and Echo that has nothing to do with Clark, which I'm just assuming is happening because Mm -hmm. I mean, like, if it's not, then they're doing mishandling this relationship even harder. Yeah, exactly. But like, so, so, you know, in terms of like that first scene, they very, like, it was kind of knock you over the head with like, you know, don't worry, nothing will happen on the ground, you know, but but then also just like (laughs) jinxed himself to shit right there. Yeah. Really, really. 
incredible person. <laughs> it, all he had to say was that he only had one day before retirement and then he would have hit everything. Right, exactly. But like, but I mean, you know, but also just in terms of, it did a lot of very good character work in terms of establishing that Echo doesn't feel secure in that relationship. She doesn't feel totally secure in Space Crew. Like, that there's a bunch of sort of pre-existing issues having to do with her own kind of, I think, sense of self um, and sense of belonging that isn't that isn't totally secure. And so whatever outside source of pressure comes to bear on them is going to kind of, like, push at those cracks. Um, so, so, like, the funny thing is, like, I'm not at I you know, I, I kind of, like, I... I honestly think that wherever, like, whenever they come back to remembering that this relationship exists and, you know, and, and Octavia comes into it and sort of, like, the pressure starts coming down, I think it's probably going to turn out fine. Like, I, I'm not, like, super worried about that not making sense. And I'm honestly not that worried about, like, Echo not, like, Echo getting the shaft, you know? Like, I don't think it's going to be, it's definitely not going to be, like... She's not going to get vilified, you know, like she's not right. going to, she's, she's a regular, so she's not going to be like Gina. Who yeah. She's not going to like get fridged and she's not going to get like, just, you know, she's not going to be just the girlfriend, you know, like, I think this is actually like a story about her sort of finding herself and that's great, but it does also make the kind of like total disappearance of the relationship for this like sort of couple of episodes, even weirder in some ways. Cause it's like, I know you're setting up to do something. <laughs> but yeah. then it's just, <laughs> but then it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. There's just like something, and I and I feel like there's something. The fact that they obviously tried to drop in references to it in the script, and they're so awkward. Like the fact that they didn't seem to find a way to do it that wasn't awkward feels kind of telling. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What I really want is for um, so Dioza clearly is like. Clark, but a hundred times stronger in terms of like emotional manipulation. And so what I'd really like is for Dioza to take like the hostage taker and his girlfriend and try and throw that back at Echo, like in an attempt to kind of like splinter space crew's loyalty and for Echo to just kind of like basically for it not to work and for her to be like, well, regardless of his feelings for me or something like I know that this is my family, right? That would be lovely. Yeah. I feel like that's probably too happy and clean of a resolution for like (laughs) this show or any show in general. Um, But that's, I mean, that's what I want. And so I'll probably just end up writing that fic, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) And then Crystal, I think I cut you off. Sorry. No, I mean, I, no, I was just saying like, I I want to, to, I mean, you kind of finished it up. I do want it to just be okay. I want her to be okay, but I want um, it to be realistic. I want them to not feel pressured into like I don't. I don't know. Like they've written themselves this situation, but they're not expounding on it. And like you said, it's, at some point it's going to pop up again. So I'm really excited for this upcoming episode because literally every, every like all the promo shots, it's like everybody's in them. Except I think the only person I didn't see was Maddie, but she has to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to see how all the dynamics play out and how Bellamy and Clark's like, even in the write up of this upcoming episode, they say that, um, 
uh, spoilers for the next episode if you don't know what the thing is. Um, but it just says that like she they're they're working together like to convince um, Octavia, hey, maybe you don't want to have a war right now. And so like they're clearly like linking up on a mission level, but I do want to see the interpersonal right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 While, you know, things are bursting out of guys' stomachs, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> in interpersonal way. <laughs> in interpersonal. Maybe it'll be like like an alien relationship therapist bust out of a guy's <laughs> stomach and be like, so, it's been a long time since you guys have seen each other. Talk about I your feelings. Feel exactly. <laughs> but you know, I think um, one of the things that um, Bell, um, Bob had said was that creature, like creatures of the earth are going to be coming back. The, that was one of the things he oh, said in like two different yeah. so the things in his stomach are probably mutations of something that are already on Earth. Oh Ooh. good. That's great. So it's like the river monster but inside someone's stomach. Yes. <laughs> and Pauna. Nice. Like both of them together. Oh my God. <laughs> river <a> gorilla worm. <laughs> <laughs> gorilla worm. Yay. Ew. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm going to be mega grossed out this they are, Yeah, I, I know. They they will just, this show will like completely gross you out and just like, oh, don't you want to see her tie, like um sewing her leg back together? Oh my and, God. Oh my God. Yeah. Tied her cane being crucified in season three. Oh God. Okay. Well, that was so over the top. I could not take it seriously. Like between like the thunder and lightning and the really dramatic <laughs> music and, at the, I mean, and I the Jesus sort of imagery. Like, yeah. I was like, all right, this has crossed a line into comedy <laughs> was, was season three also the one where they were like locked in the thing and they had the christmas music playing yes. like, yeah no, no that was season two that was season yeah that's season two in like the parking garage when lincoln's a reaper yeah 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 that was I mean, effective. That was, but that was funny in a good kind of way yeah there yes. was they tried to do it again in season three in that episode where they went back to deserted arcadia i think yeah with emerson yeah that weird episode uh, yeah yeah that was also a good Blarick episode, because that was the one that had the, you're crazy if I th- you think I'm going to let you do this alone. And Clark, like, staggering into his arms. Yes. Yeah, yeah like, taking stuff off of his hip like they're married. Yeah. 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 He hadn't even made up yet at that point. I know. Like, yeah. They hadn't even had their hug on the beach or anything. They're just, that's just how married they are. You know, even when you're mad yeah. at your spouse. Yeah. They're so in love. Why keep them apart oh i'm sorry <laughs> that's fine that's why we're here we're all being so this is a safe space <laughs> they are so in love why are they why don't they just get out get over themselves come on <laughs> uh it must be like i don't know i sort of wonder sometimes and this is one of those things like you know i, I don't expect to ever know the answer and i would never like blindside bob and eliza with this question but i do sort of wonder sometimes you know, how much of this stuff they know and how much of it is happening in, like, again, in, like, post-production. Like, they don't necessarily know what the, the angles are on the camera. You know, like, yeah. they, don't, they don't know what the what the music is going to sound like. Uh, right, or what stuff is going to get cut in editing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you do sort of wonder how much of it is, like, actually informing, you know, like, consciously informing performances and how much of it is, you know, later they're watching and it's like, oh, that's not what I thought it was going to be, but okay. <laughs> Have we talked about um, Maddie showing up and immediately, like, adopting Bellamy as her dad? Oh, without, we have not. Like, wait. We have not. Okay. Very important. 
Yeah, because I know, like, you guys talked about it in the 503 podcast. Sorry, I listened to it, like, three hours ago, so it's, like, fresh <laughs> in my mind. I don't um, because I'm a bad person, so I'm glad you're here to tell me these things. <laughs> I don't remember what I said because I was so out of my mind from sleep deprivation, so I'm glad you can tell me what happened. <laughs> right, well, it's just, like, like, the way that scene happens, right? So it's, like, Maddie shows up. She kills, what, three grown adults in, like, five seconds. And then she looks at this group of five people who she's heard a lot about, and she only addresses Bellamy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not Clark knew you guys would all come back, right? It wasn't, like, the collective group. It was Clark always knew that Bellamy would, like, come for them, right? Not... Not that she didn't care about the others, but that Clark was telling Maddie stories about Bellamy specifically and what Bellamy meant to her. Yeah, and that Bellamy, yeah. was, Bellamy was like the hero of those stories. You know, like, Bellamy will come back, yeah. you know, and like, like Bellamy will come back and everything will be okay in a way where it wasn't like, Murphy will come back and everything will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything said no one ever. Yeah. Murphy will come back and nothing will ever be okay again. <laughs> well, and like realistically, she radioed Bellamy yeah. every single day, and Maddie had to be there for majority of those days. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Time to call Bellamy again. <laughs> Clark's oh. telling Clark telling Bellamy how Maddie's doing in all of her lessons. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> She's getting so big, Bellamy. <laughs> well, and then Maddie takes his hand and, like, you know, pulls him into the woods and is just kind of like, there's no time to explain. <laughs> you're coming with me. You're coming with me and you're bringing your backpack because you still have a backpack. <laughs> My heart just, like, melted when she grabbed his hand because, like, that was, know. you know, and especially for Maddie, yeah. who was, like, you know, when Clark met her, she was, like, basically feral and she clearly had lived her entire life up until that point, you know, being taught to be afraid of people, you know, like she was just automatically sort of wary and afraid of Clark. And then she only knows Clark for such a long time. So it was like, this is not a kid who's like predisposed to just be like, Hey, a person, you're going to be my friend, you know? So, so the fact that she saw Bellamy and was like, Oh, Hey dad, I've never met. (laughs) Right. Well, and then, um, when they're in the rover, you know, like Maddie wants to get out and Bellamy tells her not to, and she listens, mm-hmm. you know, like she's already, you know, like she knows enough to trust him when he says he's not going to let anything happen to Clark. And then there's also that amazing moment where he gives her a hand signal and she immediately backs up. That was just like awesome. He knew that Clark had taught her that one and yeah. they just like ran with it. <laughs> also, just like the level of drama with which he like puts that fist up, like just... <laughs> <laughs> like the the Blakes have to have like genetically dramatic timing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they just instinctively know like what is the exact right length of pause to make this the most like maximally dramatic whatever <laughs> thing I'm about to do. I also have to say like the other one one little sort of moment in the. Um, hug scene in 504 that I thought was uh, so sweet. Like speaking of um, of Maddie and the sort of like little bond that already exists is you know, when Clark pulls back and says and asks about Maddie, and you can tell that like Bellamy instantly like 
Like, you know, he already sort of, after such a short amount of time, you can tell that he's already intuited, you know, how important Maddie is to Clark. Like, he kind of instinctively understands, you know, something of what that relationship is, you know? And so, like, he immediately, you can tell he immediately recognizes, like, she says Maddie, and he's like, yes, I know, okay, it's okay. Like, the first thing I did was make sure that she's okay. Like, he, you know, like, there's just a sort of sense of, like... He was not at all, he was prepared for that question. Like, he expected it. He sort of, he knew what she would be feeling. Um, and he already kind of knows who Maddie is to her, and so he's taken care of her. And I was just like, you know, and you could see, like, the sheer relief on Clark's face when he says that. Not, And I think it's like there's a combination of not just, like, thank God Maddie is okay, but also kind of a combination of, like, she's okay because you're here. And you're here, which means I have someone else I can trust who will take care of. Like, just look, you could sort of see, like, planets lifting off of her shoulders she was just yeah. so relieved that bellamy is so, here something that so i didn't think of this until like just now because i've been thinking about that scene mostly from clark's perspective right like mm-hmm. how relieved she must be that like you know like someone came first of all someone came for her and she didn't think that was going to happen and like now she doesn't have to do all of this alone right like there's you know bellamy's there to like help her carry things and you know like shoulder the burden but like from Bellamy's perspective, nobody on the arc, like nobody who was up on the ring with him had that same level of responsibility or worry for another person the way he did for Octavia. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there was nobody who had that sort of like half sibling, half parental relationship. And so it's, you know, like when Clark immediately asks about Maddie, like, to a certain extent, like, it's not that Bellamy was relieved that she was asking about it, but it was that sort of, like, there's finally someone else who understands what it's like to be responsible for a small, murdery girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think it's a kind of another point of, of sort of connection and understanding between them. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of, like, stumbling through that just as I was, like, trying to think through it. But, you know, like, at that point, Bellamy, all Bellamy knows is that Octavia's trapped in the bunker. And I think there's also, like, a a sort of sweet moment of when he tells her that they're going to get the bunker, you know, that he made a deal to get the bunker open, and he's so happy. And you can kind of tell, like, he knows that she's going to be equally happy about that. You know, there's a kind of, like, Mm -hmm. connection there of sort of, of sharing. I don't know, it's like a moment of just, like, sharing relief and joy and concern and 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 sort of like feeling their way back towards partnership again which i think is mm-hmm. just like i have so many feelings about it it's so wonderful so many <laughs> well and then the other thing i noticed so i was trying to quick rewatch like the blurred parts of the episode before we recorded this and i didn't make it through like to the end of the episode but i made it up through um when bellamy and octavia are talking in that super awesome restaurant set that i want them to use <laughs> for like everything um but bellamy and clark don't actually talk after no like the conversation with raven and murphy no they don't yeah they're sort of like they exchange looks a few times Right, but it's you still get the sense that they're like a team and they're in sync, but they don't actually have to. They don't even have to like talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, do you think, like, there is some? I, I couldn't figure out when Bellamy asks, you know, says to Octavia, "Follow me in a minute. We've got to talk." 
was he trying to get her away so they could get Kane and Abby out? Because, like, that's what immediately yeah, happened afterwards. Yeah, and Indra, like, radios. Yeah, right. I think he's on it. I think he, he, that was definitely, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of conversation that had to have happened off screen. Like, even, like, the really quick rundown, whatever. We don't really know what Clark knows exactly about the whole Kane thing, but we, we know that Indra primed her enough so that she knew to, you know, how to get involved and how to help. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. There were a lot of necessary conversations that we just didn't see, and I think that that was one of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I didn't. I didn't pick that up the first time through. Actually. Yeah, I didn't notice the first time, but like on one of the rewatches, I was. I noticed like Indra radioing immediately after Octavia, mm. and I was like, okay, so you had a plan there. Yeah. 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 So that he must have. He had to have been. Yeah. Yeah. He had to have been in on it with Indra. Yeah. But it is amazing how much they can like. With just like a few sort of looks, they can even still shorthand with Bellamy and Clark. You know, like just yeah, they don't have to like show all the conversations to like make it clear that they are still sort of operating, um, you know, somewhat as a unit, uh, as they have, as they as they used to, um, you know, even and then like speaking of sort of like significance the significance of where we end an episode you know like i think the last shot of this episode is bellamy and clark looking at each other sort of reacting to octavia turning on bellamy again Mm -hmm. so even that last sort of shot was a kind of like you know like those two as a unit looking to each other like oh shit okay what do we do now yeah Yeah. they should just pack it up and leave i think (laughs) (laughs) one crew is bad news and yeah yeah i think there's nothing good can come of what is going on with one crew and i just i you know i'm i as a viewer i'm like lean forward i'm into it but yeah that's a real that's a lot to deal with and i just feel like um, someone who's been living in two people who've been living in relative luxury next to the one crew people, you're just not ready for the horrors that you're about to go through. Yeah, right. Like I'm like, okay, so Eden is pretty big, right? Like just kind of you can like slip off and find a little <laughs> secluded area where like no one's gonna, you know, just let let Legius and one crew fight it out while you just <laughs> Hang out in your cave. Yeah, so exactly. You come down on that, like, you know, like, rappelled down on that rope, like, looked around at the gladiatorial, like, <laughs> blood, bloody fighting arena that he was in and just, like, slowly, ro- like, rose back. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> just, just <sort> of, like, <laughs> hard pass. <laughs> hey, sis. Um, I got a thing. I got to go, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave this rope here. Bye. Exactly. <laughs> that was so creepy when they were lifting her out and they were like chanting. Uh, yeah. You know, from the ashes we rise or whatever it was. I was like, I'm like, I'm, I'm terrified of Gaia at this point. Like that. She has like such a control over those people. It's well, just... and since Bellamy learned what's the grounder language trig. Yeah. I didn't, didn't they say like, I don't think we've seen it on screen yet, but right. Like, he knows it. So he understood what they were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. But even and last I, year, last year, that was such a big plot point with, yeah. uh, with uh, Jaha. So uh, he probably already, he was, he probably already kind of knew anyway. Yeah, he probably right. recognized the phrase. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah, he, he would probably make like a very direct connection to Jaha there. Yeah. 
Oh, that's true. I wonder if they're actually going to find out that Jaha died on screen, or if that's just going to be sort of one of those things that ends up implied. <laughs> like, yeah, I wonder too. If like if any you know if anybody's going to have a moment where they look around and go like, what happened to Jaha? Although to be fair, they lost what a third of their people. So like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like Murphy might ask everyone. Yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah, if anybody would ask, it would be Murphy. <laughs> um, guys, uh, Aaron, I actually have to go. I'm feeling okay. really ill right now. I'm um, sorry. I'm no, I'm sorry. I had such a good time, you guys. Thank you. Of course, yeah, it was just a delight. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. You know, if if um. Whatever. If there's more developments, maybe we'll do it again. <laughs> All right. Have a great night, everybody. You too. Good Feel night. better. Thank you. Do we have other stuff we want to cover? I mean, nothing. We pressing. love Brave and Lark. Let's just take a minute to love Brave and Lark. Yes. Good call. Yes. Good call. Yeah. Brave and Somebody, Lark. I think it was Sirius Station um, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Sirius Station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was saying that or did a parallel between the radio call between Raven slash Bellark and Raven slash, like, in season, I think, the season two, because it was Mount Weather stuff. Oh, yeah. And then season, and then this season, and I was like, that is a really good parallel. And, when Bellamy yeah. was Mount Weather? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and even well, and also, just to talk about that radio scene for a second, I'm never going to be over the way he kept, like, touching Clark's shoulder, even though... He was the only other person in the room and was standing six inches from her and really didn't need to do that to get her attention. It's true, yes. And also the way he kept, like, sneaking glances at her with those, like, little smile yeah. on his face. Yeah, he's trying to keep watch, but he also can't stop looking at her. Like, I'm... But, and, like, you know, someone here wants to say hi to you. Like, be a little <laughs> bit more of a dad on the phone. <laughs> I do think that, like, Bellamy's one of those people, the two, where it's like, you must be touch starved right now. So I'm going to like mm. touch you and like yeah. make sure that you are like at least feeling a little okay. Like, I don't know, especially with how he handled Murphy in like the first, was it the first episode? Yeah. 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 I, I um, think, I think Bellamy on the ring just kind of fully embraced the power of cuddling. He's just, I agree. This is all about cuddling is the solution right? to all of life. The holding cell. Yeah, the holding cell. The holding cell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like I th- that's actually sort of uh, he he's gonna like meet back up with Nyla and they're gonna have like lots of you know like like craft talk <laughs> about hug therapy. <laughs> open up their own massage parlor. That's their new job. Bellamy and Nyla's in this massage parlor. <laughs> I would go. That would be pretty great. <laughs> and that is like and that's you know that's not something that you would ever have expected from Bellamy. Uh, in the prior seasons, especially because, like, I think, was it you, Elizabeth, who was pointing out earlier, or was it Shash? I don't remember. Somebody was pointing out, like, he always looks so startled to be hugged at first, like, being touched was just like, what is, what is happening? What's going on? Um, yeah, I think that was Shash. Yeah. Was- yeah, so, like, which sort of makes me wonder about, like, I guess the Blakes weren't big huggers, which I could see with Octavia as a teenager, just being kind of like, don't touch me. Um that's what I was thinking about. Like, did they not ever hug? But maybe it was just that he was only used to Octavia because I feel uh, like, I don't know if this is like a fan-in thing for Bellamy or if it was like actual canon, but I always feel like Bellamy kind of distanced, distanced himself from people on the arc before like the dropship stuff. 
And so maybe it's just that he was only really comfortable with Octavia and didn't, wasn't comfortable with like any other person. I think that's, but kind of logical Fanon because like his sister was living under the floor. So he probably couldn't really have friends over or anything and like probably want to draw a ton of attention to himself. And then that last year, you know, he was kind of like a pariah, you know, uh, yeah. Janitor who had this. Oh, God, scandal. when you said last year, I thought you meant season four. And I was like, wait, he was a pariah in season four? I thought pretty much okay. But yeah, the janitor thing, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like certainly, like whatever, he, he clearly didn't seem to have any other people in his life at all at that point. So maybe it was just a sort of like after a year of like never having anyone touch him, suddenly like everyone touching him all the time was just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> What happened? (laughs) And then he just like massively overcompensates when he gets back on the arc. He's like, I'm not going back to that place. Someone must be touching me at all times. Last time I was here, no one hugged me, and it's not going to be like that again. (laughs) Everyone get in here. (laughs) Ah, Hugging is great. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's where we should be ending. Like, we've come full circle. We're back to. Huggy. Yeah, that's true. true. You're right. Well, on that note, (laughs) this was great. Thank you guys for uh, joining us for 90 minutes of just nothing but, you know, ranting about our favorite people, fictional people. Thank you for hosting. Versions about swords and pandemics. Yes. You know, I'm always down for the digressions. I'm I'm the most easily distracted person. <laughs> it happens all the time when I'm teaching. It's like any little thing. I'll just r- keep running down that track. Um, all right. So that's it for our special Bellark podcast. Oh my God. I said Bellark. Ha, who Yay! Am I? <laughs> Aaron, don't you. leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, don't do this to me. I didn't mean to. I don't know who I am anymore. One of us. <laughs> Bellark, Bellark. There we go. Bagel. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, assuming that someday something else happens that's significant with these two, perhaps we'll do it again. Um, And if you are a person who is also into Cabby, the Cabby roundtable will be coming your way, um, I think, in a week or so, something like that. Um, And then in a few days, I don't know when I'm posting this. Whatever. Anyway, at some point, we'll be posting our interview with Luisa D'Olivera, who is delightful and wonderful, and we are both in love with her. So, you know, just be ready to be in love with her as well. So, thank you. If I may, um, just do a quick little bit of shameless self-promotion, because the day we're recording this is the day of the royal wedding. Ah, So, I actually have a short story. I'm also a romance novelist, and I have a short story that is free on Insta Freebie. Um, until the end of May, and it's about a British prince who gets married in Vegas. So hit me up if you want a link to that. So it's awesome. I've read it. It's great. So you should definitely hit her up for that, and then just read everything that Elizabeth has ever written because she's great. Um, yes, please do. <laughs> so thank you, Elizabeth and Shosh and Brett, for joining me, and uh, to everybody else. I always want to say see you next time, even though I don't ever see any of you, but. <laughs> Say it anyway. See yeah. you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.